Welcome to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is uveitis and sarcoidosis, clinical features in comparison with other non-infectious uveitis. And now I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Tom Quinn, our topical expert, Dr. Walt Whitley, and our topical editor, Dr. Kelsey Steele. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's broadcast. Welcome, you of curious minds. This episode, we're going to discuss a paper that explores the clinical presentation of sarcoid uveitis and its potential impact on vision versus non-sarcoid uveitis. I'm Dr. Tom Quinn, and our special guest expert for tonight is Dr. Walt Whitley, who is in practice with Eye Care Associates of Nevada in Sparks, Nevada. It's an ODMD practice. Walt, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, excited to have you here, Walt. So this paper uh, was published uh, by Rachel Niederer at Hall. In the, uh, it was published online on February 24th, 2022 in the publication Ocular Immunology and Inflammation. Walt, what did the authors want to explore in this paper? Well, Tom, in this paper, the purpose of it was to compare sarcoid uveitis versus non-infectious uveitis in both the treatment and the visual outcomes. And it was from a single consultant from 2011 to 2013, retrospective study about 287 eyes uh, that had sarcoid uveitis versus about over 1,500 that had the non-infectious uveitis. Okay, so some pretty big numbers. Would you agree that, yeah, nice, a nice population size. Yeah. Why is it important? Why did they undertake this endeavor? Well, when it comes to uveitis, we know that you know, there's many different causes, whether it's infection, which, whether it's trauma, whether it's some type of systemic etiology. 87% of the time it presents anterior, about 55% of the time idiopathic, about 21% of the time due to trauma, but the other 25% is gonna be due to some underlying cause. If it's a systemic cause, uh, most often may be related to rheumatoid arthritis, but also sarcoid ranks up there as the systemic causes. As you know, with sarcoid, African-Americans develop sarcoid 10 times more likely than Caucasians. Typically, the age is going to be over the age of 60 in the African-Americans, in the Caucasians is about 50. It can present both a granulomatous and a non-granulomatous form, but it does affect the eye in, in the lacrimal gland. It can also affect uveitis and cause uveitis, but also conjunctiva nodules is something else we may see. Systemically, symptoms that patients may have are going to be fatigue, um, uh, arthritis, lymphadenopathy, and so, you know, affects the eyes, but as well as the rest of the body, including right. the skin. What did they find in the study? Well, what they found in the study, the most common site for sarcoid involvement in the eyes, well, in the body is going to be the lungs, followed by the skin, and then the eyes as well. The African-Americans were more likely to present with granulomatous disease about 73% of the time versus about 34% of the time. It was also bilateral uh, anatomically, and panuveitis was often found when it was associated with sarcoid uveitis. Other clinical signs is bilateral, as I mentioned, 90% of the time, 
anterior synechia, which is found 55% of the time. However, anytime you have any of those changes within the anterior uh, the angle itself, that's more likely to have more complications leading to glaucoma for our patients. Okay. Vitreous opacities, that's something else we need to look at. Patients that did have multiple choreal retinal lesions or peripheral lesions were also at risk of developing vision loss. And so they were trying to determine what were the anatomical signs, but also the clinical signs that can, that can lead to a patient more likely having sarcoid uveitis. And Walter, so it sounds like it's a little tricky determining whether sarcoid is, is the root cause of the uveitis. And you've given us some, some tips, bilateral and um, the other descriptors that you've given us. Is there any, do we learn anything from this regarding the potential visual impact? Yeah, in regards to the visual impact, there was actually no difference in vision uh, between those with known sarcoid uveitis and those diagnosed with systemic sarcoidosis following the presentation to ophthalmology. Uh, when it comes to the, the vision, the vision outcomes were good in both patients, in sarcoid patients at 10 years. They still re re received about 20-20 vision at 10 years down the road. Sarcoid, in the end, is more likely to have better vision than some of the other causes of uveitis. And so I guess that's one of the big takeaways there. Um, but, you know, anytime you have a sarcoid uveitis, this is something that we're going to monitor our patients for, you know, monitor them every three to four months, just like a glaucoma patient, because we know that that is a significant risk factor. Uh, but also, it is a chronic condition, and so we do have to monitor that. Uh, you mentioned the bilaterality. One of the big things as well, you know, clinically in, in practice, anytime you see a patient with bilateral disease, even if it's the first occurrence, you always have to order the blood work because for me in my experience, and I work closely with John Shepard, who's a uveitis specialist, Whenever we order those, oftentimes it was sarcoid or syphilis. So you, so pick one of those S's and that's what came out <laughs> on those. Some great clinical tips. Well, really appreciate your insights, your input and your participation in the, in the podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, well, and thank, thank you everyone for listening. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen. Thank you.